Well, welcome to the Partner Running Show on this uh, 10th of March or 9th of March, depending where you may be in the world. I'm Andrew O'Brien and I'm here in the Partner Running wonderful co-host Sue. How are you going, Sue? Going very well and I had a wonderful weekend of running. Technical problems this morning getting started, so uh, hopefully all's good now and apologies for anyone who's uh, caught up with the d- delay in getting the old computer, I think. Had a big weekend of running and <laughs> I was a bit tired, a bit needed slow, to sleep in. A bit slow to get started. So anyway, uh, on today's show, we're going to um, a topic that's, that is rather current, and that is uh, the increasing popularity of the uh, run group. So we're going to be talking about um, specifically about run groups and uh, eleven good reasons to join and participate in a run group. We're also going to, I suppose introduce that by having a look at the different types of run groups. Um, now before we do that, to uh, a couple of our regular segments, have a bit of a look at the news and uh, what's been happening, um, ask Sue and then of course we'll finish up the show just by having a quick peek at uh, some of the events that are uh, coming up. So first of all, uh, Sue, I suppose we should... Just check out the weekends. Yes. Over the shoulder. A quick review of last weekend's running. Well, this is a little bit of a look at the last fortnight's uh, running because there's some articles from the week prior. But uh, a couple of big half marathons in the UK at the moment seems to be the season for half marathons, probably leading up into the London Marathon next month. But uh, the Cambridge Half Marathon and uh, the Inverness Half Marathon and also um, some other big cities around the UK. And with these half marathons, getting around 5,000 people in each, just a sort of a, a nice size half marathon. But the Inverness one caught my eye because uh, marathon running ex- experts believe that for the costumed character, so we had Harry the, uh, no, sorry, Harvey the Heart and Bobby the Bee crossing the line in 1.37 to set a new costume character half marathon world. Harvey the Heart now has the unique double of having the marathon mascot uh, full distance marathon 42. So that's quite uh, an interesting one. But in other parts of the world, and primarily we'll go to the US at the moment, still a lot of problems with snow and sleet. And even sort of comments are going, well, surely there's not going to be snow for the Boston Marathon next month. But uh, it does mean that uh, there are concerns for a lot of other marathons going on at the moment into uh, the half marathon. And that, that means that also training, people training, are getting a lot of disruption to their running at the moment with snow running and the question being asked well what's it like running in the snow is it a little bit like running in the sand and this was quite interesting because I wondered always wondered what this was like and people were commenting that it's slushy there are hidden traps that you could fall down potholes um, that it's very dangerous and slippery so not much fun running outside for a lot of the US at the moment now an event that was uh, closed to internationals but is open again is the 
North Korean marathon in Pyongyang, and that North Korea has opened its borders, or reopened its borders after the Ebola fear. So this means now that runners can participate in this marathon next month on April the 12th. So a little bit of yo-yoing going on backwards and forwards with that one. So if you were signed up for that, you uh, might uh, have been setting your target somewhere else, and now it's back on again. An event that was cancelled due to bad weather um, in the US, which just, I suppose, is an interesting concept. The Cowtown Marathon had to cancel due to sleet and snow, and only the half distance was offered. But race organisers decided to offer a virtual marathon. And this meant that if you could complete, uh, com sorry, produce a form to say that you had completed a 42-kilometre run uh, over that weekend, then you would receive a listed to you in the mail. So that was an interesting one. Um, another concept if you... Now, also, uh, Disney run Disney events are extremely popular, and one of them, the princess series uh, taking place uh, in Walt Disney World, over 4,500 runners signed up for the Disney series, and this included the princess series, which has included, included a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon, 91% female, and that was probably not unexpected, but a little snippet there that caught my eye, which I'm going to have to in investigate further is that Run Disney is taking over the Paris Marathon from 2016. Now I'm not sure what that's going to mean and what that does actually mean but I'll try and find that out a little bit further because Disney, uh, the Paris Marathon is an event that we've run twice and that is an absolutely amazing event on its own theme but yeah just to see if Run Disney are actually taking over as they said the Paris Marathon. Well hopefully they're running it the, the taking over purely as an event management company um, and, not, and not, a, not a Disney event. I mean, yes. I, I'm, I'm all for Disney events. I love it. But the um, Paris Marathon is the Paris Marathon. Exactly. So I'm sure that's the, that must be the deal. Must yeah. Be a, a management deal. Management deal. But just did catch my eye, that one, just that one little line. Uh, New York Marathon ballot came out this week. Um, so on March 3rd, um, 14,326 people out of uh, 80,080 people actually got into this event via the ballot and that's roughly 18%. So saw quite a few postings on Facebook during the week of missed out, missed out, missed out. Um, so if you were in the ballot, I hope you got in if you were desiring to do so. And 1,400 people were accepted in from the 2012 deferment due to Hurricane Sandy. So, And 3,500 got in through actually qualifying as well. Close to home, the Coburg six-hour track event was on in Melbourne, and just mate must make Finocciaro, Finocciaro, who set the uh, six-hour Australian track record of 84.6 kilometres for the distance. So congratulations to Dion and Kev Mannix, Australian record for the 45 to 49 age group of 78 as well. So congratulations there. Mount Borbor Running Festival was also on the weekend and Matt Doré won the full marathon and Liz Kennedy won the female 
full marathon distance, half marathons as well. And some good weather probably for over that weekend as well for participants. The Mount Bobo Running Festival or the Coburg six-hour track. It's interesting when you talk about the um, New York ballot and everything, mm-hmm. and we had our big, I suppose, entry. We were attempting to enter the uh, Mount Fuji Ultra, and, boy, that was a process with the sort of timing out of the website and I think it took us 45 minutes oh, and yes. multiple attempts and saw uh, one person said it took at least 90 minutes. Yeah, 10-step process to enter was a bit of a challenge. Oh, just one other thing too, I must say, the um, Malaysian Women's Marathon was held on the weekend of a truly uh, member so many women participating in either their first... 10k half marathon marathons and uh full credit to the male paces that were out there as well including mohan yes wish we had been there but mm. it was not, not to, to be, be this not year. to be next year okay on with the show ask sue do you have a question you'd like answered why not send us a message a tweet or post your question on the Partner Running Facebook page. Take it away, Sue. This week's Ask Sue looks at running shoes and primarily from the purpose of how do we decide what running shoes we're going to buy. And a little bit of a discussion taking place amongst some runners I'm going to try these new shoes or I need to get some new shoes, what should I get? And, and we are influenced to hear from other people, obviously what we draw media, and also what we read in Runner's World and other magazines when they have their shoe guide. And they do say, well, this is the best shoe for 2014 or this is the best shoe for 2015. And without being able to probably prevent this we we are influenced by the reviews that we read or that when we see that headline it really captures our attention and that was sort of the discussion oh I'm going to get this shoe because it was listed as the best road shoe in runner's world but who makes that judgment where does that call come from Uh, so if you see an article like that is it the editor is it the writer of the article is it one random runner so I looked into the actually make that call or who puts together the article and, and what do they base their judgment on. So just using the Runner's World um, sort of website, for example, and uh, another one, competitor, um, how do they make that decision? Well, basically, there are about 30 to 50 different shoe models or samples of models that do the magazine every season. And there are 24, in competitors' example, there are 24 sisters. So they each get as many shoes as they can to test, and then they make different judgment calls. And the runners themselves are experienced runners, new runners, ranging in distances from five-kilometer runners to ultramarathon runners. Some are based, all based in the US. So we've got some in San Diego, which are primarily road runners and flat road runners at that. We've got others that are based in Boulder, Colorado. So up more in the hills, a bit more trail, that sort of focus. Now, they're told to judge each shoe on its own merits. So 
without even almost like blind testing. I don't really take into consideration this is a model that I've worn before. Uh, I've got a history with it. And over the next four to five months, runners try to run three runs in each shoe, varying the length of the run that they run at, the pattern and also the type of run. So they might go on a hilly run, they might go on a flat run, they might go off-road in it, um, other types of runs. And then they're asked to fill in a two-page questionnaire about the fit, how it feels on them, and the ride, whether it was comfortable, whether it felt uh, very thin, whether they could feel the, grow, the road underneath it. So quite interesting about how they judge that. So three runs in each shoe. And it's very rare that they actually come across some bad shoes that they just go, look, this is just terrible. But just doing testing on the laboratory of the actual shoe itself about its body weight, its weight and its thickness of, of cushioning, well, that doesn't really give that much information or reveal what it's going to feel like other than how strong or how heavy it is. So then the review tries to inspire runners to go and try the shoes on for themselves. Um, then the shoe runners, these run testers, are actually asked to grade which shoe they liked the best and by ranking one two and three they then put together which is the best shoe so I suppose that's the background that goes into when you do see one of those articles about what is the best shoe and when you see something that's the best shoe but again it's just a guide of what these runners found it's not gospel don't take it as absolute fact you really need to go and try on the shoes for yourself because these are subjective reviews too. You need to find out what fits and suits your foot. There is not one perfect shoe that is going to be suitable for every single person. So we all have one shoe though that is suitable for our needs. So take with a grain of salt when you do read something is the best shoe for the particular season or year. Try and find out for yourself. That was the Ask Sue segment of the Partner Running Show. If you have a question for Sue, please post it on the Partner Running Facebook page or email us at radio at partnerrunning.com. Today we're talking about run groups and specifically uh, the reasons why you might sign up for, join, whatever the, the phrase is, or participate in a, a running group. Now, I was kind of prompted um, this topic last Friday. I was out uh, running with uh, a friend of ours and doing helping her out with a long run, and, and she said to me, oh, you know, it's only the last year or two that I've um, joined a, a running club, and it's just been fantastic. So, you know, 15 years ago when I was a student and... Um, I wish I'd joined up with you know one of these running clubs back then, and we sort of I sort of pointed out that it's changed dramatically in that period of time. And so, 10, 15 years ago, if you wanted to join a running club, your um, your options were predominantly based around athletics clubs and the few road running specific clubs, which in some ways, whilst they're not an athletics club with the traditional track and field type of things, they are a, a sort of a a close uh, maybe a half brother. 
called the Road Running Club, a half brother of a, of a uh, or a sibling of the, of the Axe Club. They're very, you know, they're very sort of similar in in it's like a, you run of a cross country club, one of a road runners club. Um, so then there's the Harriers that and, fit and, in there too. And then there was the Harriers, was mm-hmm. was kind of like was the social version, yep. and and you know, often the Harriers were what, you know, one part beer, one part running. But that was the scene back then, so you know, there wasn't lots and lots of, of options. Whereas uh, I think social media has um, played a, a big role in increasing the number of running groups and clubs. And I think also some of the, um, in the early days, the or early recent times, the commercial aspects, the Lululemon clubs, that the... Two XUs. Yes, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. The Nike Run Club, um, probably the first of those. So there's a number of things that have that have then happened. And I think also then with, with the... Um, you used to have like coaching squads, which were often associated with the athletes clubs. Uh, and again, the online scene has and it further enhanced the ability for sort of those um, private coaching type uh, groups and, and clubs. So things have changed a lot in recent times. And so now, if you are looking for a running group or a running club, then what you, you probably could find a couple of different sorts. There's the athletic club. The traditional mode is there. There's the coach setting up their their squad, and they are more more squad maybe than than club. There's there is the actual you know, the you know, the road runners, the, the the genuine traditional clubs. Then you, you've got sort of the community groups, uh, and I think of things like you know, the uh, we, we we ran with one on the weekend, the um, Surf Coast Trail uh, runners. So they're sort of a, a community group based around a geographic uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, the online uh, groups, and, and this is where a lot of the you know, community type groups are getting their sort of their base. So, so the recruits. So we set up as a big Facebook group, for example, and that's where people will be coming in together. Um, then you get friends, groups of friends. Yeah, definitely. And that grows tentacles, and suddenly what was two or three friends going for a run can become 10 to 20. Yep. And last but not least, I think on the list is the retail one. So as we said, the, yep. uh, the, the Nike, two the Lulu yep. etc. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the the general landscape at the moment um, I suppose the the, uh, the run club or the run group associated with the gym kind of fits under a bit a little bit under the coaching a little bit under the community and a little bit under the retail so it's kind of a yeah it sort of it depends I suppose who's leading the group or what's purpose and, is yes a mm. bit of a unique and a unique blend so that's kind of the the aspects or the types so we thought we'd, we'd talk about you know 11 top reasons to join and participate in a run club. So first of all, Sue? Oh, the motivation to get out the door and uh, either start running if you're a a new runner or potentially re-pick up your running if you've let it drop for a while or extend your running if you're just doing your own little thing. Um, Motivation for going further, going longer, going more frequently, entering events, just all sorts of different motivation to be part of a group. And I think closely linked to the to the motivation is is sort of the discipline. So so in the initial stage, it may be that the um, the oh there's a, there's a run club I'll go and participate in, and that gets you, kind of gets you motivated, and then it provides ongoing motivation. But well, the other thing it really does is gives you the discipline that okay, you know my run group is on Saturday at seven o'clock, or just on Tuesday night at, at six o'clock, or whatever it might be, and so we're getting this you know set routine 
And it's like, well, you know, I don't have to think about when it is. I've just got to be there. And so it does yeah. provide a sort of discipline for regular running and training. Yep, and it, that encompasses also the occasions where you might have gone, hmm, weather's not so good. Oh, I think I'll give it a miss today. Uh, <laughs> more that that need to participate, that others will be there with you wait, yep. or waiting for you. Um, number three. Oh, safety. And this is something that, well, I suppose it's also for males, but definitely for females if it's uh, that you can only run at those odd times of the evening or early morning uh, as the days start getting shorter, getting darker. Um, and just safety, and so that's for safety for women, but safety in numbers too. If you're a solo runner going out on the trails uh, in terms of getting lost or in terms of even on the road, twisting your ankle, getting injured, someone's there to help you. Snake bite. Snake bite, the other, other safety issues as well, but just that uh, someone knows where you are, what you're doing, where you are at any given point in time. Uh, for another number of reasons, uh, number four on our list is uh, for joining a run group, is the access to the expertise. Now, this can come in sort of at least two formats. First of all, uh, often a run group or a club will have a coach, mentor, um, or ex- or very experienced uh, runners who uh, have been there, done that. So um, it's a great way to connect with and, and ask questions and you know, sometimes get training programs and those uh, sorts of things. The other thing then is, is also it's just the tapping into, the, I suppose, the collective intelligence of the group. Mm. Um, you know, even people even just starting out often have things to contribute. You know, they've done an event that you haven't done. So when we talk about the attraction of the expertise, it's not just the coach and the, the technical knowledge, it's also the sort of the broader knowledge that, that more people bring to it. So uh, being part of a run group is a great way to tap into all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that probably leads us into our next one, and, and this is not just the the knowledge, but then the, the discovery, the learning, the improving. So... Um, you know, often a run group is a good way to then talk about, oh, I did my event last weekend and this is what worked and this was what didn't work. Uh, you know, a good run club is going to have a process for helping people with their, their learning and review of, of the process. Oh, definitely. And, and improving each time they do run with the group uh, in terms of their pacing, in terms of their uh, nutrition, even their clothing, if they've turned up in just what they picked out of the cupboard and then realising, hmm, maybe uh, I need to find out more about the type of clothing that I need to wear for some of these uh, these runs that I haven't got my anti-chafing clothing or I haven't got all that, that sort of setup that's required. So uh, that can be a learning experience in itself, just turning up and seeing what others are wearing. Yep. Uh, now, Im- improving your running is often a a good part of being in a run club and, and certainly the things that we're talking about, you know, the motivation, the discipline, the, the knowledge, that, that's all part of it. But another, another thing can actually be that when you're running in a run club you, uh, or a run group, you have people of different levels of skill and, and performance and, and uh, a great way to, I think, improve your running is to, to run with somebody who's a bit better than you, somebody who's a bit quicker. Yep. Just that, you know, not, there's a sort of a, an art to finding how much quicker, but by sort of pushing yourself by sort of uh, running with somebody who's at the next pace, maybe sort of a little bit of competition, um, is again is another great aspect of being in a run club. You know, you, you don't get that when you're running alone. No, and it it does. When I say keep you honest, it 
makes you push yourself that little bit more to keep up, as you were saying, that you sort of discover more about yourself. But it might be within your run group or your run club that at the end of each run there's a bit of a sprint finish or there's some sort of challenge that's set uh, within the run itself which provides that competitive element. And a lot of people need that competitive element to turn up again and again to run clubs. Yep. I think the, you know, the, your ideal run club uh, or run group has kind of the right level of competition uh, and then this is, I think has been part of the part of what the problem uh, was for your traditional ATHS clubs and, and that it was all competition mm. and so it, they certainly didn't attract the, the a lot of the newbie runners or the social runners or the people who you know well I'm not going to win I'm not there and, so, and then just the whole idea of having someone wanting to race them every time is just a real turn off mm. um, so getting that mix uh, right and uh, the right level of sort of challenge is is kind of a, I think has become more part of the the sort of the social community run clubs, and that's why I think they're doing so well. Yeah. Um, probably in a nutshell, I think the big one. I reckon oh, this, if I had yeah. to pick one that sum, summarizes summarizes all of them, and this would be the next one, and that really is uh, what do you think? Encouragement. Uh, there is nothing better than heading off with a run group and you know you might not be feeling great you might be a bit down on yourself that feeling that you're not running very well or you know you haven't uh, been able to progress but to get those words of encouragement from people perhaps that you also you respect but that your your fellow runners does give you that well it comes back again to the whole cycle of reinvigorating your motivation your discipline uh, and you're tapping into some of the expert people around. So I think it's the encouragement from just all levels, whether it's uh, the mentor or the guru of the group that can offer that encouragement or whether it's the really new runners that, that make you feel a little bit more valued within the running community. Yeah, I think it's, it's it closely kind of linked to or part of the encouragement factor. As, you know, as, you, as you're talking to other people, that, that the events that they've done, the places they've been, the things that they've seen, the things that they've learnt... Um, whether it's inspiration or encouragement, it's it's all part of the. You know, this is good to be part of, and and um, sort of lead you down the track of well, I can do more and and enjoy it more and get more out of it. So, yeah. So yes, encouraging your, your your running and participation is a big part of it. And again, it's closely linked with this notion of you know um, a sense of belonging, uh, part of a, a community. And so <laughs> often the run run clubs. And this is our sort of eight, eight threes in this notion of community, a lot of the run clubs, clubs and groups, you know, they'll have a, a, a team shirt or, a, or a, a group shirt or a hat or a combination of those sorts of things. And so, again, that's a, another thing which a lot of people like to, um, you know, shows that they're part of it. So yeah. It's their club colours, so to speak. Yes, it's their clan. It's back to that sort of clannishness. But, again, it is uh, that nurturing within a community uh, that is so valuable for many runners that are perhaps quite solo. Yes, and so closely linked, I suppose, or as a subset in some ways of community, um, is uh, our ninth reason for joining uh, a run group, and that is the notion of friendship. So I suppose you know, community is the notion that I can rock up with uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 other people, and we can sort of be in the same interest and, mm. and participate together, but that doesn't make them all my mates. Uh, they're not the sort of the the, you know, the people that I hang out with are away from that but it, it then as being part of the community then often goes on to developing um, some really good f- friendships. Oh uh, yes and, and you find that uh, that 
well, I suppose that affiliation with your members of your run group then starts to carry into other social events outside of running. So it might be that, hey, let's catch up for a, a barbecue or lunch or dinner with our families or with our partners on the weekend and that uh, the, the common bond that you share, which is running, you start to find that there are other common interests that you share. So it's a great opportunity, as we mentioned before, for solo runners or people that are new to uh, new to an area that haven't got that network of friends to build some friendships in a community. Um, number 10 on our list of uh, great reasons to join a run club is variety. And so, again, when you're in a, a run club or a group, you've got lots of different people with different events and different uh, goals and different ideas and, and suggestions about things to do. So it's not just the workouts, but the locations, the places to go, the adventures that you have, which is pretty exciting. Yes, and and variety, as you're mentioning about the distances or what the challenges are, and for location as well, it's a chance to discover more about the area that you live in, if it's a location-based group, that perhaps you haven't broadened your running out to these areas and suddenly the group's taking you to a place that you discover and uh, think this is great to go. Now last and, last but not least on our list of uh, great reasons to join a, a run club is this notion of travel. Now over the years we've we've taken our run groups on a couple of things with Adelaide, Sunshine Coast. Yes. You want to sort of talk a bit about how that all works and the excitement of, of the, the travel option for a run club? Yeah, well, look, with the travel aspect, it, it might be that the whole group raises the option of we're all going to a particular event and then everyone's invited to, well, we're all going. It doesn't have to be the same distance and that's the beauty of a lot of uh, event travel that's going on at the moment and different events are op- offering different options. So it could be as short as a 5 or a 4K event but then as long as an ultramarathon and the opportunity to travel as a group to an event, well, that's, that's maybe a drive down the road but then maybe a little bit further afield and it's somewhere within the country or the state uh, but then it could be a plane trip that's even an international event and that's one that we've sort of signed up. We've got a couple of different um, compatriots in, in one of the run groups that we run with that are heading off to Japan for Mount Fuji Ultra. So the travel element can be families it can encompass the whole of uh, your family to go with your run group to an event or it might be just you heading off with other members of the run group to participate in an event as a day trip Um, just so many different options and sometimes some things that you may not have done yourself as a solo thinking oh that's too much hassle to organize or I don't know how to get involved in this or I wouldn't want to go on my own I don't know anybody and suddenly the world opens up to you when you're in travelling in that sort of group. And I think the other thing, which, which uh, the, the travel option, it's like the big goal for some uh, run groups and for mm. individuals. It's like, well, you know, we, we've got this happening in six months' time, so, you know, we're going to explore that country or that destination. What are, what are the things we're going to do there? What are the restaurants we're going to go to? What other activities are we going to do? Um, and then it sort of it drives your training and your, your reason for, for being. So it just enhances that whole encouragement, belonging, learning, kind of a focus around the whole kind of thing and so probably a bit like travel is also just whether it could just be the the big event uh, 
you know, has the same sort of impact. You don't actually have to travel somewhere to get that benefit. No, it could be the, the travel down the road that becomes the, uh, the big excitement for the group, for their training and their motivation. So that's 11 great reasons to join uh, or participate in a run group. What's your thoughts, Sue, on uh, how to find one? Oh, well, immediately my f- thoughts first turn to social media, but that's primarily based that I, I already am uh, a follower of a lot of, or a member of a lot of the groups on Facebook, so I, I know about them. But if I'm a completely new person trying to find out about run groups, uh, I suppose it is posting the, uh, again, it's social media, but posting that that question of any good run groups in the whatever area it is that you're in. Yeah, I think it's probably there's the different um, different types of groups. So so often there is the the, the locally based geographic group, which again you you can do your sort of Google search. You can ask around. You can check out your local gyms and shopping centres and clubs. Talk to your friends, and um, I, I think that. Uh, probably with particularly with Facebook it's going to almost if you're a runner and you're joining running types of things it's going to start to suggest to you the various groups and so you know you can search for you know know, there's examples for us in Melbourne it's like you know the Dandenong trail runners the surf coast trail runners the you know Melbourne Melbourne marathoners well that's actually a good question a good topic is that events it's often associated with events. There are various groups and subgroups. You just give, mm. there's another group. I, I sort of signed up with it yesterday. Just a couple of Melbourne people doing the Comrades Marathon. So they've just got their little little Facebook group and they get together, you know, once or twice uh, a month or more sometimes for their training runs. So you've got that aspect. But then you've got you know, another one of our um, favourite run groups that we uh, like to encourage people to, to support and join is is the, like the Rogue Runners Club, Club of Australia, where they're not locked into one specific. Um, suburb or, or even one city they're sort of all over Australia and, and bringing people together and so they have like lots of little local groups of rogue runners who go together and do their do their thing uh, and then they sort of get together in larger numbers at events so you've got that aspect as well. So we've got the social media the shopping centres uh, I suppose gyms if you're a gym member asking around the the gym if you know some fellow runners uh, schools or other educational institutions often have some sort of run group or um, you you might find other people within the, those that community itself that are runners and you could ask them be bold enough to rock up and just ask them yep. where they run so lots of lots of ways to uh, find a run group or a run club and uh, again depending what your Purposes uh, to connect, and of course the thing, the other thing too, too with um, the format of many of the run groups and run uh, clubs around in this day and age is that you, know, you can be you can be member a member or participate in more than one. So in the old days, if you were at Glen Huntley Athletics Club, that's that's where you were. You ran with Glen Huntley, that was your group. Whereas nowadays, you know, if you're visiting or you're you know you can go and run with the Surf Coast Trail people one weekend, and then you can. Uh, participate in the rogue, run, rogue runners event uh, at the same time, or at a different place, or or if you head to the other side of town, you can you know go and join the join the Dandenong Trail Runners or whatever it might be. So lots of opportunities to participate in lots of different groups, and uh, you, know, you can, as you said, you can do all that while still being a, 
uh, a TX, TRX, uh, TXR. <laughs> person. So yep. again, I, I always like, I like to see uh, you know, George, who, who's often a member of a lot of these groups, and he, he's sort of in a big event. You might see him in four different shirts, as yes. he's trying to maintain yeah. his sort of uh, loyalty to the various different groups that he's participating in. So lots of lots of options there. So that's our uh, topic for today: uh, eleven reasons to join a uh, a run group, and uh, you know. Not for everybody, but for many, many people, it is just a great way to be part, feel part of the community, to learn, to, to motivate, uh, and, and enjoy, enjoy and get more out of their running. The Road Ahead. Join us as we take a quick peek at a few of next weekend's running events. Well, hopefully not too many running events are going to get cancelled in North America this weekend, but um, not a huge amount of running on this week. This week, actually, which is quite surprising, We've got the Jerusalem Marathon. That's actually on on Friday. The Andrew Jackson Marathon in Tennessee, Beth Natur in Germany, Catalina Natur Marathon in California, the Corregidor in the Philippines, Dizzy Days in Seattle, Elebe in North Carolina. Um, then we've got the K42 in Mallorca. Montgomery in Alabama, run uh, sorry Rock and Roll USA in Washington, Salida to Turret in Colorado, the Surf to Firth Bush Marathon in New Zealand, got Asheville in North Carolina, the Big Island Marathon in Hawaii that sounds nice, the Brescia Art Marathon in Italy, Ferrara Marathon also in Italy. Königsfurt in Germany. The LA Marathon is on this weekend. Your very first marathon. Yes, that would be fun. Mm, Newport in Virginia. Uh, Barcelona in Spain. Marseille in France. Seoul Marathon ah, in Korea. Seoul. Yes. Tobacco Road in North Carolina. And Yokohama in Japan. Now we've got some other. Uh, events taking place that maybe not marathons on next weekend and one of them is one we're participating in we are going to be well raising money for the cystic fibrosis uh, charity by participating in 65 kilometer run around the well royal park princess park area in melbourne and will be accompanied by lots of other walkers, maybe some other runners, either 10k loops, roughly 10k loops, so up to you how many loops you do, and uh, we'll be out there pounding the pavement. Yes, now of course, the uh, for the Australian trail running people, it's the six foot track, I believe, this weekend, so... Ah, uh, yes, that uh, is the big... Popular one, but also there's the Razorback run in, um, in Victoria too, so for the, uh, for the trailies... Lots, lots to be had. Yeah, six-foot track, I think, one of the most popular in Australia. And last but not least, we have the Maroondah Dam Running Festival. I think it's an 8K, 30 and the 50 up there on uh, Maroondah Dam, about an hour out of Melbourne on Sunday, which uh, that, again, is uh, one of the most beautiful areas to run in in Victoria, close to the city. And, of course, Trails Plus does a wonderful uh, job as always and so uh, if you're still looking for a, an event on Sunday close to Melbourne get out to Maroondah Dam for the running festival up there I think you can still enter online and um, check that out but, but as usual I think you can rock up on the day although there is a bus involved so some limitations for this one compared to most but get along to uh, trailsplus.com.au and check out the Maroondah Dam so on that note that brings us to the end of uh, another partner running show apologies for sort of the 
technical problems at the start and I think on one or two occasions. So uh, if you listen live, we apologise for that. If you are listening to the download, hopefully we've been able to get a chance to go back and edit and fix up and make sure that none of that appears. So uh, it seems to happen once or twice a year and um, that's technology. And uh, One of the problems. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so uh, thanks, folks. Thanks, Sue, and see you next week on The Partner Running Show. You're listening to The Partner Running Show with your hosts, Couple on the Run, Sue and Andrew O'Brien. Proudly brought to you by partnerrunning.com and The Partner Runner magazine.